Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris and we're indoors because it's blowing a gale and the real feel of the temperature on Bondi Beach right now is 8 degrees C, which is up from 6 when I early went for a walk. And I think somewhere around the middle of my abdomen, my testicles uh, have found a place to keep warm. So, uh, that being all said, let's get on with the podcast for the day. I'm going to talk today about giving advice to people and learning to shut the up when you don't know what you're talking about. So this is a really confronting podcast. If you don't want to listen to it, turn it off. So about, it would be now 30 years ago, I was coming back from Austria. I'd been skiing. I had my skis, my new skis, because I'd never skied or, or uh, never skied properly before, and I decided that I should go and learn. So I went to Austria, bought a pair of skis, went skiing, um, did a shit job of it, and caught the aeroplane. And I was flying back to Australia with these disgusting, great, big, long, horrible things that I was never going to use again, truly. Uh, and I was, on the way, I dropped in to see my brother, who lived in Hong Kong at the time. Um, and I was going to stay with him in his beautiful house uh, with his then girlfriend. I got to the airport in Hong Kong and there's my brother standing there with a briefcase in his hand saying, put your gear and your ski gear into uh, storage at the airport. We're flying to Manila first class. I'm going to buy you a holiday. My brother and I flew to Manila on a holiday uh, for uh, five days, uh, first class. Uh, we had a little tote bag with us and we did everything two men shouldn't do in Manila for five days. The purpose of all this was to that, that, that he'd been given a declaration by his then girlfriend who was facing a rather serious dilemma. Uh, Hong Kong was being handed over to the Chinese from the British and she was uh, with a Hong Kong passport with a British link and she could uh, move out of Hong Kong, go to Britain, or she could stay in Hong Kong, but only if she was married to an expatriate individual and therefore have a different passport. So my brother was under the pump to get married, and he wanted to know my advice. Now, going back at this time, I was uh, still uh, uh, not coaching people, so uh, this is before Jesus was born, so I wasn't coaching people yet, and so my advice was coming from a sort of a bent, uh, more how do I feel, what is it good, what's bad uh, position, rather than an inspired one. And uh, so we went to the Philippines. We stayed at um, one of the resorts that um, the pre president of uh, the Philippines at the time, he and his wife, used to use as a weekend retreat. And this resort was, um, was spectacular, golf courses. And I still hold the course record on that golf course, by the way, for the most number of balls lost on a single round of golf. I think it's 38. And uh, most of them ended up in the ocean um, because it was along cliff tops and goodness knows what. And they have uh, people running around, uh, diving into ponds and doing all sorts of things to sell your golf balls on the trip around the course. So um, I did spend a lot of money that, that day um, um, saving the poor. Okay, so we get to the end of the week and my advice to my brother is, mate, um, 
you know, if you have to ask the question, the, the answer is you probably would be wiser not to marry this person. Um, I had met her and spent time with her, didn't really connect. Uh, she was very defensive and, and understandably so. I was a little bit of a single guy and um, loved to go out a bit and she didn't want that to be my brother's way of life. And so she and I didn't connect and my advice to him was a bit biased based on how I felt towards her. Um, a little bit more also on my brother, uh, thinking that you know, he lived in a world where change was um, uh, quite uh, destructive and um, trying to settle down at a time when he didn't want to was probably unwise. He just popped out of one relationship into this thing and uh, blah, blah. So I said, don't. And uh, he flew back to, we flew back to Hong Kong. I picked up my gear in Hong Kong, jumped on an airplane and took off. My brother proceeded to arrive back home to his uh, apartment, a beautiful place up on Victoria Peak, and uh, declare to his then uh, girlfriend that Chris had advised him not to marry her, uh, which sealed the contract once and for all about uh, whether she was ever in the history of the future, if she was part of that future, going to like me ever again. So uh, they worked through that advice and got married and proceeded to have two children. Um, they are now divorced and the two children don't talk to me very much because their mother would probably not like that. And uh, so one of the things you learn is that your advice uh, is not always listened to and your advice affects a lot of people. Um, and it sticks. It's worse than the internet. It's worse than Google. It's worse than anything you ever write on the on the internet, advice that we give people sticks and it sticks like shit to a blanket. And here we are 30 odd years later, they're all divorced, uh, the kids have grown up, uh, the ex-wife of my brother is married and uh, she would not, if she could avoid it, ever see me ever again. The kids, her kids, my nieces and two nieces uh, don't spend a lot of time dropping in to see Uncle Chris because mum wouldn't like it and and all because we went on a trip to the Philippines where I gave my brother what I thought was good advice. Be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful when you give people advice. 99.999% of time, they're just looking to reaffirm what they already intuit. My brother intuited that he wanted to marry this person, otherwise he wouldn't have been in such a dilemma and dealing with his own baggage around his mother's death. When my brother was six months old, our mother died. And so I guess there was baggage in there about getting married. And all that was being flushed out or fleshed out by this uh, proposition or this, this, this rule of, uh, if you don't marry me, we're done. My advice was innocent of all that. It was just, hey, you're my brother. Here's what I would do if I were you. And that becomes the problem because advice is always, this is what I would do if I were you, but you're not them. You don't have the same value set. You don't have the same uh, stories. You don't have the same hopes. You don't have the same dreams. Be careful about the advice you give. In fact, I would say don't give it. Uh, best to say, ask a person, so what do you think? Uh, it's taken me now 40 years to be confident enough that my stuff is not engaged in other people's stuff when they ask me advice to say, to really give them 
um, strong, cold-hearted advice that is not bent by how I would feel if I were them. And not attach the outcome, and which is another thing because, because my vision and my outcomes are all different. Um, I can't allow in a coaching environment put my baggage or my stuff or my vision, my values to, uh, to intercede or even have any bearing on consultative advice. And that's why I use the universal laws of nature as a foundation for coaching because it means I'm out of it. What I'm doing is echoing the laws of nature, which is not advice at all. It's, this is how nature works. If you've got a question, if you want that, if you want to live in step with nature, you do it this way. If you don't want to live with step with nature, do it that way. So I had a, a mate once. Uh, he, uh, he met this bully of a woman and uh, he, uh, he uh, years passed and he came, to, he came up to me and he, oh, I met him I don't know, five, ten years later, and he said, remember that lady, that girl I went out with, that, you know, that, that, I said, oh, yeah, the bully, that, she was so intense, he goes, you mean my wife, and again, uh, it's so easy to have a judgment on someone and not <laughs> really see that they evolved and grew up, and so, again, Back in the formative years before Jesus was born, uh, my opinions and feelings and my emotions got very much caught up in the advices and interactions I had with people I knew. Um, again, corrupting, if I was to be giving them advice or having opinions of their situation, corrupting it. Something that it's taken me all these years, to be honest with you, up until the last say 15 years of my own life, I, my, my uh, personal advice was very much um, vulnerable. In, 15, in the last 15 years, using the universal laws, using the laws of nature, and having processed enough of my baggage, I'm very clear, very able to separate myself from the advice I give. Advice can also go pear-shaped when we're talking about uh, what to do. And in real, real everyday situations, uh, uh, there was a time when um, I was rowing, uh, training to become part of the Australian Olympic team uh, in, in, the, in the field of rowing. And I spent massive number of hours either side of my real day job and my family life uh, training up on the Barwon River, up and down and up and down, in, in mostly in a skull, but sometimes in fours and eights. And uh, one day I'm in a pair Early in the morning, we're training for the Australian Championships. I'm with my buddy in the pair, and we're rowing along, and boom, one of the oars hits something very solid. And we look back, and it's a, it's a human body. And we stopped the boat, we rowed back, and tried to lift it with an oar, and that body had been in the water for, <laughs> for a very long time, and it fell apart into fluff. So it surfaced. And it, dis it, it, dis it had become uh, disintegrated and we touched it with the oar and all just pieces of thing just went everywhere. It was the most disgraceful. And that memory stuck with me. And 
it was two years later, again, I'm rowing in a pair for the Australian Championships. I'm training on the Bowen River and someone yells out from the riverbank, there's a body in the water, there's a body in the water. And I go back and go to myself and go back in my memory banks and go, I remember that horrible day when we touched that body with the oar and all went like fluff in the water. And I said, no, no, we're not going near it. Call, call the police, it's, you know. Think. But actually what the person on the bank had, was saying is they'd just seen the person jump. Yeah, and so we rode on and went to the bank and we, uh, river bank and called the police and uh, that person had deceased and were deceased when we had been notified about them in the water. But I guess the memory of the past influenced the behavior or the recommended or the advice I gave in the present. And that's something that you have to be really conscious of as well, that our baggage, the memories, the past, the history, really can get caught up in the thing. And the final story I want to tell you about this is the, is the worst one. And that is that I became, over a period of time, uh, a surf life-saving uh, patrol captain and would give a lot of instruction in public environments to um, resuscitative techniques. Back in those days, uh, we were the core. Uh, surf lifesaving was a very strong core in making sure that everybody in the world knew how to do mouth-to-mouth uh, -mouth and heart, uh, heart resuscitation. And I did a lot of it. And I practiced what I preached. I'd been in environments throughout the place, throughout the world, where I'd had to administer mouth-to-mouth -mouth and, and heart resuscitation. And so I walked the talk kind of like believed in my own stuff. And then one day I'm driving through St Kilda and right in front of me a car hits a tram, flips up, up on its, flips up in the air and the guy who's in the driver's seat flies out the window and plop, lands on the, on the road. I, I pulled my car up like everybody else, run over and there's a very beardy man, a man with be a big beard, a big, big beard, big like hairy beard and there's blood on the beard and there's gooeys. And I looked down and all the instruction I had given in the past about mouth to mouth was on a very clean, uh, sweet, um, kissable pair of lips, male or female, but this was impossible, impulsive. impulsive. And I looked up and said, anybody, <laughs> straight away looked up to the crowd and said, is anybody a nurse or a doctor? He needs resuscitating and suddenly the advice I was giving and the teachings I was giving had faltered. They, I hadn't considered this variable. And so what we realize is the, 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 the advice we give is from within a sphere or within a bubble. And so when it comes to, I guess the point of this whole podcast today is to talk about when somebody asks you how to fix a problem, best thing you say to them is, I freaking don't know. The best thing you say to them is, "How do you, what do you think about it? Because until such time as you're 100% sure that you've done enough work on yourself, as I have over 50 years, you've done enough work on yourself to be 100% sure that your baggage is not interrupting into their baggage. You can be causing more problems than you are solving. You can be giving advice from a naive point of view in regards to relationship or sleep deprivation or work performance or reactions 
to things you might be injecting some of your own baggage into their baggage and making things worse. Just remember a bunch of things. One, every human being has a different set of values. And therefore, when you give advice, your values are the basis on which you give that advice. And the person you're giving the advice to, 100%, 100% of the time has a different set of values. So the advice they need is not what you would do. Two, every human being on the earth has a vision. All eyes on the earth look to the future. Because all eyes on the earth look to the future, every future looks different to the set of eyes who are looking at it. And so when you give advice, you're assuming you understand the future that this individual uh, is, is portraying. But most people tell you their problems about how they're experiencing their problems in the present. They say, right now, someone's giving me the shits. Right now, my husband or my wife is giving me the shits. Right now, my partner is giving me the shits. Right now, my boss is giving me the shits. And that's uh, right in this very second uh, problem. And we try to solve that in the very second problem. But the problem must be solved in the context of the vision and the values that individual has. The values of the past, the vision of the future. And it's very, very hard in the short time we know somebody, in even as a friendship, that they're going to reveal to you enough information for you to be able to help them solve that problem that honors their values, that respects their vision, and sorts things out in the present. That's the job of coaching. And it's not the job of therapy. It's not the job of most life coaching because most life coaching is built on a commercial, uh, long-term, let's say, how do I keep you happy basis. It's, it's, It's a product that's being sold. In other words, it's marketed. With what you do here, what you do in Inner Wealth, I, I honestly say I would rather deliver you the truth that hurts or the truth that's real based on the universal laws of nature. And if I can't validate what I say to you in the laws of nature, it's wrong. So therefore, I, I have to t- separ- learn how, I've had to learn how to separate myself from the advice I give. It's not what I would do. It's not my values and it's not my vision. It's your values, your vision, and your reality. And that is a very unique and very powerful uh, place to arrive at as a coach. One of the things I try to do when I coach people is to help them give other people good advice. But the first thing they must learn to do is know what's their shit, know what's their baggage, and know what they would do is very different to what the people they're giving advice to would do. Now this doesn't doesn't preclude this doesn't preclude a person from giving advice on financial doesn't give any because financial is financial doesn't preclude anybody giving advice on business development and business growth and career development career growth. However, when it comes to pain, when it comes to struggle, when it comes to suffering, when it comes to emotion we have to be very, very careful. The advice that we give is in the, in the, in the values of the, the person we're giving it to, in the vision of the person we're giving it to, and doesn't, isn't a knee-jerk reaction to a short-term pain for a long-term pleasure. This is Chris. You have a beautiful day. Bye for now.